a boardroom at Ryerson University, we have a guest, and her name is... Natalie Ramtal. Ramtal. See, you said very well done when I said Ramtal, but you're like, no, it's Ramtal. Ramtal. It's phonetic. Yeah. And I usually, you know, it's your own name, so you kind of like do the, like, do you say Toronto or Toronto, right? Toronto. Yeah, right? Or do you say Toronto? I say Toronto. Yeah, that's because you're you're not from here. He's from Ottawa. See? (laughs) But it is Awa. Awa. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Can't Sell This podcast, dedicated to projects past that never saw the light of day. With your hosts, Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Here's here's a here's a reason, uh, Stefan, that we, that Natalie is the guest, mm-hmm. and and it's not because she's a foodie. She is a foodie, right? And you have a food blog. I do. And there's a possibility, and I've already discussed this with Natalie, not with you, but I I have an idea for getting. I have three food bloggers, Natalie included, that might make for a good episode. That would be interesting. But this is not that episode. Okay. There's a reason. Natalie is the on staff grant application. Oh, God. What Research is writing assistant is the official title. Research writing assistant. So essentially her job is writing grant applications. Assisting writing Assisting. grants. Yeah. So most people will come to me when they have something together, something that could be read right. and I can make sense of it, but it's not done. By any stretch of the imagination, mm-hmm. it is not done. <laughs> <laughs> and that has become my go-to in terms of like where are the grants coming from who has money and right you get right money? right she's become very important to me and and i thought you'd make a great guest because partly uh you might have some advice for people that are looking for funds funding and uh also because stefan has done some grant applications in the past mm-hmm. and funding applications mm-hmm. i thought you guys might have a good episode to, together yeah yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. so um, I guess my first question would be, um, so you work with the students here or with... I work with faculty here. Faculty here. Okay. So faculty that have projects that they want to get some funding for. Yes. And nice. primarily through the government. Okay. So because we're in FCAD, these are people who are doing research in the area of social science, humanities, arts. Right. Yeah. So the the funding, are we talking about um, like government grants mm-hmm. for um, academic research? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. So my the, the work that I've done obviously is a bit more in the commercial realm. So I've been working with um, funding bodies like uh, the Bell Fund, mm-hmm. uh, Ontario Creates, uh, and the CMF. Yes. Um, but I guess you've been working with completely separate. Okay, cool. Um, so one thing that I noticed working with all three of these is that there's very different criteria. Yes. Okay. Do you want to talk a little bit about the challenges there? That people don't like to read the instructions. That's <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> so that's part of the problem. People don't understand what the the grant is actually requiring of them, other than this hope that they will get money for a particular area of research that they're really invested in. So start with reading what the government or the grant funding agency is looking for. So they will tell you specifically, we need a document that's five pages do it in Times New Roman and make sure the margins are like this, half inch or whatever they are. I think starting with the basics, like read what they want and start there is the most important. Right. So now I've got this idea, I've read the instructions, uh, and I think I have something that works for like fund A. 
what do I do about fund B? Do I now I have to start over from the beginning because they have different criteria? Or is there, like, what's your strategy involved there? Like, how do you mitigate that, that the immense amount? Because I know it's a lot of writing and a yes. lot of work. What would you say to uh, uh, someone who, who has a project and wants to uh, pitch it to multiple bodies? Yeah, so it is a lot of work. It's like when you have to do your resume over and write a cover letter for a new job, right? You have to tailor it for that particular institution or grant agency. Same principles apply. You will have to fix it. Um, Once you have your ideas down and you know what you want to do and you have the goods to back it up, it's just a matter of rearranging. Um, So yeah, do you have any examples, I'd say, of of, uh, obviously you don't want to give away too much about the projects that you're working <laughs> no, on. No, I know. <laughs> um, but, um, but you could actually, you know what, you, sorry, I was leaning back, but you, you could actually discuss successful applications that have occurred in the past yeah. while, right? That's what I was going to say, like, what, what are some of the examples of language or strategy that has worked in the past? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Language. Well, we're, we're professionals. <laughs> I, <I'm>, yes. <laughs> what has worked in the past? I think actually having multiple readers is a good idea. So you have someone who's a really good writer, but you also have some have someone who's really knowledgeable about the field that you're in. That can be helpful. Don't ever try and edit your own work. You won't see the errors, the mistakes, the like gaps in what you're writing about. So always have another reader, at least one. I recommend two, one in, an expert in that particular area or someone who's closely tied to that area and someone who's a really good writer. Okay. Yeah. Now, on the media side, one of the things that I've learned, not necessarily always for the funding side, but definitely for the awards side, and and it's really interesting to me how applying for awards and applying for funding is sometimes very much the same. You're doing the same job twice. Um, you're trying to sell your idea to get money, and then later on, you're trying to sell the the finished project uh, for some kind of recognition. Uh, but one of the things I've noticed is that the jurors are exempt from being able to to uh, apply for the award or apply for the funding. So very often what you end up with is a, a, jur- a jury that is made up of jurors who don't have the same amount of insight onto the, t- you know, the type of work that you're doing. Um, so I guess my question is, how, how do you, for instance, innovation in, in a technological field, when you're trying to pitch that to someone who may or may not have understanding of your field, how, how do you how do you write that? How do you address those people? You have to dumb down your language. Okay. I know that sounds really trite, but you actually have to make your language as accessible as possible. So the reality is when people are applying for grants like SHRC, which is the Social Science, Humanities, and Research, uh, oh gosh, I can't even finish the name. To see, you can say yeah. Yeah. credit. <laughs> Canada it might be Canada like (laughs) shirk so it's a it's a a federal agency that grants money to researchers so this also happens they have panels of people who will read the grant and try to make sense of what these people are trying to research or get funding for research for and they may not be experts in their particular field so they have to write in a way that makes what they are hoping to do understandable to this broad audience. So even though you're an expert in your field, they are definitely not an expert in your field. So you have to take that language way down to basics. All right. 
So the, the question I have, and this may be silly, but have you found in, in terms of your job, have you found that there's been a, an inf like there's, it's a tidal wave of, we got to go now, it's, it's happening. You, you have a certain amount of dates that you need to hit. This is the same way with, you know, funding from, uh, you know, independent bodies. But in, in a lot of ways, there is a, a calendar attached to everything yeah right? yeah i'm nodding furiously at the microphone but mm -hmm. yeah t deadlines will rule you and do not start a grant application two days before it's due you cannot write something <laughs> well two days before oh no not even a month yeah absolutely yeah. so set like a six week sort of goal when you're mm -hmm. writing a grant do sort of first round writing then send it out for a sort of like assessment from a friend or someone who's an insider have them get give you some feedback about your grant then you can rework it like is the language accessible does an outsider understand what you're writing about does it fit all the all of the criteria that they're asking for from the granting agency um are you asking for a reasonable amount of money like are you make sure your budget fits within what you're actually asking for. Don't ask for a bajillion dollars if all you need is 5,000. Right. Right? That Because that, they will automatically dismiss Or vice this. versa as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like some people think that, oh, well, if I ask them for less money, then um, I'll, get it. I'll get it. But the problem is, is if you're being unrealistic, then they're just going to be like, this person has no idea what things cost. Absolutely. Yeah. And even for timelines. So mm. we... Mm -hmm have realistic timelines. I, I actually applied for a grant not that long ago and they were like, these are really tight timelines. I'm like, but I have help to help me with my grant. <laughs> I'm like, I can do it because there are people that I work with who can help me with these timelines. But if I was on my own, maybe six weeks to complete a project isn't mm -hmm. reasonable. Right. Yeah. But was that part of your, your application? You said these are the people involved. And yes. We talked about this as well, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. If you have really high hopes for your application make sure you have the right people in place to actually make that go forward right right yeah well it's interesting you know uh, we've in in a lot of episodes we've talked about the value of editing and the, the value of having someone that's not necessarily attached to your project be part of your project because uh having insight that is divorced of attachment to that thing is is helpful so i thought that was an interesting point you made in terms of academia is that a bit more difficult because you're applying as a subject matter expert for in most cases. Mm -hmm. So do you tend to want to bring someone in that is also like that? Does that tend to be one of the issues or do they just go, you know what, we just need someone that can read and they need to have a, a curious mind kind of thing? So because I'm an outsider, I know how to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So if I on first read, I really don't understand what's happening, then it's not a good application. Right. If I can glean even in an area that I'm not an expert in, what you want to do and why you want to do it and how it's going to impact your research or the community at large, you have something good going on. Right. I need to help people frame their grants in a way that no matter who reads it, will be like, this is amazing. This is research that definitely needs to be done. But, I mean... With all due respect, <laughs> your background is reading legal documents, and you, I mean, you have a degree in law, right? Or no, something? I have a post grad diploma in law, and then I have a master's degree in communications. Well, that would be a different person than me reading an application. I might be going, dude, this sounds really good, <laughs> dude. You know, but like you <laughs> have this whole thing where you've been reading contracts and reading legal documents for a long time. So, 
that yeah. kind of insight is very helpful, obviously. It, it can be, depending on the kind of research that they want to do. Or a total handicap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, there aren't enough uh, party of the first parts in this. Should there be more parties? I think there's parties. Are there parties in this? There's contracts? No, I don't think so. No, there are not a single one. It's not how these applications work. I, I don't think that's what they mean by parties. Party in the first part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've, one of the things I've that digress. I've noticed um, is that this, uh, I'd say the art of the pitch isn't something that's really taught mm-hmm. and it can be the death blow to your project because you got to pitch things through to people to to get intellectual property to get partners on board like you you're constantly pitching your idea and uh, and I find that we have this association where well if the person is creative or is an entrepreneur then they'll they just they can just sell their idea and I don't, I don't know. I think that there's an art to it that people haven't really picked up on. When you when you talk about pitching, there's a certain amount of confidence that that people who are natural pitchers have, like sales people, account people tend to have. And I don't know if that's the same situation in academia, or they tend to be just super nerdy people that you're like, man, I totally I believe in this. Shouldn't you? You know, is that yes. what we run into more often? Again, not? Um, <laughs> we get lots of people who are really, really smart really really understand their field and what they're working in but do not have a good sense of how to pitch it to outsiders right people in their field will be like wow that's really interesting that dress stitching whatever form Mm -hmm. but other people are like i don't even know what you're talking about like i don't know why this is important so having an elevator pitch as you would for yourself when you go into an interview that two minute, really good, like I'm doing this thing because it's blank, is what you also need to be able to do for your grant. Yeah. Yeah, and that should be how you start it, like start strong. Well, what I've noticed um, is is oftentimes the, a lot of the research, not a lot of the research, research has been done to justify why they'd be applying in the first place, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a, they tend not to be going in blind there's, there's, they already think, well, I need money because I already know that there are certain things here that I need answered. Is that about right? Yeah, and that's, so for researchers, people on the scholarly side, that's why having a literature mm-hmm. review is really important. But I think this is true of grants in general. Why are you doing the research that you're doing? Where is the gap of information? And what gap are you filling by doing this work? So this is true of arts, like mm-hmm. arts grants. Mm-hmm. This is true of scholarship. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why is it important? Those are the questions you need to be asking yourself. Yeah, I'd say that it, it, the the um, analog of that in sort of entertainment would be, uh, you know, what is what is your audience need that you're fulfilling? Same yeah. same idea, like not necessarily why is this piece of artwork important, <laughs> but but essentially like why would an audience want to see this film or read this comic book? Absolutely. Yeah. When you're when you're applying for um, like provincial funding or federal funding, you're not pitching to academics, right? You're pitching to governmental bodies. You're pitching to people that may not have any understanding of no. any of it. Or? So for these ones, like Shark in particular is what I'm thinking about. Everyone's an academic. Oh, really? Everybody. Okay. Because I thought that would be the main difference between that and like, you know, OMDC or Ontario Creates or whatever is that when you're like, when you're part of a juried panel, you can't apply because you're essentially a competitor. Right, exactly. But is that what the situation is in this in this situation, in this scenario, sorry? 
Ask me one more time. Like, sorry. I guess, um, sorry if I, I'll jump in. Um, because you're you're pitching to academics on these boards, do they can they also apply for the same fund? No. Right. So if you're sitting on the board, no, you cannot apply. Okay. okay. So same kind of rules apply. So you'll get someone, like a panel of people, and you can apply to the particular pan panel that your research is going to be in. So it could be communications. It could be history. Um, they have their categories set out, and you get to pick the oh, panel that okay. you want your work to go to. Okay. And they have this sort of weird catch-all one that will have a kind of random selection of people, but you don't want yours to go to that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you don't know that they'll understand yeah. what you're no, doing, right? <laughs> I mean, if your work is really esoteric, perhaps it's a good fit. Right. But if you can get it to the right audience, like anything, then people will pick up what you're putting down. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. We, we've been focusing a lot on um, on advertising and, and, and personal projects and how would we get funded if we were doing anything like this. So it's a very different world and it's a very different mindset when you're talking about academia mm -hmm. versus versus advertising or, or, or creative writing or whatever it is. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been looking at some of the projects um, that I've been wanting to work on that would potentially be fodder for can't sell this because I couldn't. I couldn't sell them. There was no way that some of these projects could ever make any money. Mm -hmm. There's either the the, uh, the audience was too niche or uh, there's technology involved that's just not main, um, mass market mainstream enough. Um, but I never really wanted to give up on these ideas because I felt like they had some kind of value and I've begun to realize that the value that they have is in academia. Right. Because um, a lot of the work that I've been doing has been about uh, narrative work uh, and innovation, right? Technology innovation. So how do we how do we tell stories with new innovative technologies? But it's not that far of a jump to you know sell that project as something that is more of a research project. Well, it usually just requires a slight rejig, and as opposed to right. being a story, it's a you know. It's something slightly different, but that's know? what I think. That's what's interesting. Me. Like, how profit focused are any of the projects that you've you've pitched? Not at all. Not right? at all. Yeah. They are not focused. So the point of these grants is to train young researchers, so masters and PhDs, um, students to learn how to do research, how to conduct <clears throat> research, how to learn methodology, and how to like do a lit review, these things are really important. So Shirk will look to see that you're spending the bulk of your money on training students. No, but there are other options out there. I think when you're doing grant writing, you have to look at sort of the breadth of things that your work can cover, right? Right. You're, in, you're creative, so maybe arts councils are better for right. you, right? But maybe there is a research component that you can bring in. Maybe you can work in conjunction with someone and someone else can be the primary sort of like uh, applicant, but you can work with them and be the brains of that. Right, yeah. I believe that's <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah, I think it happens all over. Like <coughs> I couldn't apply for a shirt grant, but I could apply in conjunction with right. someone. someone else. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming that there's got to be issues where multiple researchers want to research the same thing. No. It hasn't happened yet. No. Everyone is so niche and has such a specific area of interest. I have not come across anything that is even remotely similar. Wow. 
Yeah, th- that the stuff I've been helping out with here, it's, it's very. There's only one track it could possibly Absolutely. be going. I don't wow. see any any overlap. And there are times where you're like, how <laughs> did you even think of this? Like, yeah, how, where yeah. did this come from? Like, I'd like to see someone, like, knock on someone else's door. Like, yes, I noticed that you have applied to get funding for researching on the effects of counting black sheep over white sheep over pigs when you're trying to sleep. And yeah, I'm yeah. doing that. No, and no, you're sorry, not that, doing that. Th- wait, one second. It wasn't black sheep over white sheep over pigs. It was tan sheep over lavender sheep over hamsters. <laughs> oh, 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 my bad. I, I apologize. I'll, 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 I'll show now, myself now I out. have uh, one sheep, two sheep. <laughs> one fish, two fish, red fish, yeah. blue fish. Yeah. Well, that's Dr. Seuss. And that's okay. He's a, he's but yeah, the things that they do are so weird, for lack of a better term, <laughs> that you're just like, no one else would ever think about doing this. Wow. Okay. No. I, I would I would have assumed that there was definitely going to be some kind of overlap at some mm-hmm. point. Wow. That's because you've been in marketing for an advertising for a long time and everybody's doing it. It's sort of, sort of like how... Now I'm nodding at the, the microphone. Now the Abyss came out at the same time as Deep Star 6, you know, yep. and Leviathan, yep. all the same time. Hamburger Hill and, and the other Vietnam movies all came out at the same time. Yep. That's not how academia works. No. So Natalie, here's, here's the question I have for you. Uh, and... Hopefully, we've asked some good questions. Do you have anything you'd like to volunteer as the guest, as the guest who is the grant writing, you know, a research assistant, associate person? I know my cha- my title changes all the time. If you ask Greg, my name, like my name and title, are always like your name is exactly mo- the same every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my name and association with the title. Kind he of starts are. yelling Nicole from the other side. <laughs> no, always pointing Natalie, but directly at you. You know, <laughs> Nicole. That's not what Greg sounds like. He's a very gentle sounding person. I think advice for all applicants would be something like follow the five W's. Mm. Who is this for? Why is it important? What are you hoping to do? With whom are you going to do it with? Um, what was the last one? How? <laughs> Who, what, where, when? Why, when? When. I guess when, when. is, when is really important. Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like the when is like having the realistic timelines, but also when do you want to start the project? Like, mm-hmm. are you giving them a reasonable turnaround to actually give you the money? Or are you saying in two weeks, I want to start this project? No, you need to know right. what the parameters are for when they are actually giving you funding. Right. By the time you're by the time you're involved, they already know the dates of things and right. Like, you're, do you ever just go? Not not a, you. This was a month ago. We should have been talking. So, Shark will say within six months you need to start this project. So you better have a very clear idea of when you're starting and mm-hmm. finishing, and right. when you have so. Yes, clear timelines for starting and finishing, but they, you also have to report back to them. What did you do? Did you spend the money? If so, was it all of it? Was it under? Return that money if you haven't used it. Oh, really? There's that whole thing? Yeah. So. Do you just start buying coffees? Like a lot of coffee? You want to spend it on. on the, you don't want to. Yeah. You want to use up all of that money. Right. Right. You want to use it on your students, on travel expenses, on things pertinent to that project. Right. But none of it can seem loosey-goosey spending yeah. right for sure oh right? i was being facetious I, I know what you- <laughs> use the money as it's supposed to but well it's yeah. interesting because in the uh in the, in the um sort of project funding in the, the commercial world 
Um, there is an allowance for you to buy things, but it's prorated, right? So right, of course, yeah. So which I found really interesting because I always wonder, I was like, how do how would people get around? You know, like what if I need to buy myself a, a recorder to do this project? Yeah, or no, a I need it for the project. Like, well, yeah, but it's the thing that you get to hold on to, so you prorate it. So I mean, like, <laughs> so you prorate it based on like, well, I'm going to have it for six months, but I'm going to keep it forever, so. right? Yeah. Six What's months rental? Six months Why don't you just take like a six months rental cost? Which you could do as well, yeah. Which is probably way more in purchase. Yep. And then you just go, well, I'm purchase it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm going to quaid. <laughs> Specifically the recorder, obviously, but, you know, right. whatever. Sorry, Natalie. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, Stefan and I have a, a horrible habit of digression. I think, it's a, I think it's a sickness. You, do you think so? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Has there been any <laughs> research done into um, digression? digression. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet there has. Professional communication digression therapy is what oh, we need. Digression therapy. <laughs> so just tapping you every time you digress. You're like, so this one time. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'll just keep on track. This is fantastic. Sorry. That hurt. Sorry. <laughs> you know, that was really rough. Was, I don't know if you heard that on the microphone. But that hurt. <laughs> He's a big guy. I didn't think it would hurt. I'm sorry. It was unintentional. That was like the one soft point on my shoulder. So I think this may be it. I, I could be wrong. There may be I, much I, more to, to say, but I don't, I mean, I'm just not a, well, a I mean, good I, interviewer. So my, my feeling is that, especially with grants, it's, it's such a, you know, per project. Mm-hmm per application type of thing like there's no real advice you can give anyone unless you know exactly what it is that they're talking about i think that exactly. you've done a really good job of saying you know like like uh, like speak in plain language so that that anyone could understand your idea you know think about timelines think about the budgets and the people you want to have and um and use all the money that they give you yeah and edit your get, get someone to edit get your editors work. Yeah. yeah yeah um but also to be accurate in what you're asking mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you don't want to ask for too much or ask for too little i mean you do a breakdown, right? There's cost breakdown when you when you do an application. Yes. Yeah, I would assume that that's how it would work. It's like this is how much, this is how long, this is involved. Yeah, okay. And the more specific you are, the better they ask, right? Like if they can see how you'll be spending your money in very clear and precise ways, they're like, oh, this makes sense. But if it's all airy fairy, like I want to have five thousand dollars maybe for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah. harder to sell that. Yeah. Uh, Is there? I'm sorry. No. May, may, uh, you go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll remember what I'm going to say. Okay. You got it. All right. Go. So I was I was going to say there's there's I think there's a, an interesting parallel between the the development funding that you can get for entertainment projects where like they fund you a smaller amount to do a, an R and D phase basically, and uh, a lot of it is you know test things and. You know, a negative outcome is a, still a good one. It's one that you've learned from. As long as you can report what your findings are through that R&D phase, and then you can go for a production fund and then produce the, the actual content. Um, and I find that interesting because it's, it's it, was, it was new to me because the production fund was always about, well, at the end of this, we're going to have a pilot. And then the goal is to go to these broadcasters, and we've already got letters of interest from two of them. Whereas the R&D phase is more along the lines of, well, we have people who are interested, but what we're doing in this phase is we're going to test a bunch of the theories we have on how we can approach this for process, for uh, research, for content matter, and that sort of thing. Uh, Okay, this actually, this does lead into what I was going to say, if you don't mind me. No, go for it. So is there a situation in which they can say, I want 
the, the granting bodies, can they come back with, we don't think you need this, but we want to give you this for this. Like, are they able to come? Because like, it seems like a pretty stop or go scenario. Like they don't ever come back and say, could you modify this to explain this to us? And maybe there's a slight adjustment you can make. A hundred percent they do. If your application is good and they think it has good bones already, they'll come back with advice on how to improve your application for the next round. Okay. So they give you feedback and really good feedback. So the better your application, if it doesn't make the cut that time, if it's like on the precipice of being funded, they'll give you feedback on how to improve it. Maybe they'll ask you some questions on clarifying, again, budget right. or schedule, or um, how is this actually benefiting the students that you're gonna hire. They want you to, to come back with that project with all of those incorporated changes and then potentially you can get that funding the next round. So the, the, when you say next round, are you talking about like there's it's a few months? Is it six months or what's Some the next round? Some of them are every couple of months. Some are biannually. Some are every year. It depends on that particular grant. Right. So Shirk will offer up maybe a half a dozen of them. And so it depends on what you're applying for. You'll have to look at the deadlines for each. Of course, you're individual, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. huh, that's funny. I would, I, like, as someone who, who has been, you know, hard on, hard with money, <laughs> I just think, like, could you imagine someone saying, like, you know, why don't you come back in, like, four months and, like, just do this one thing, and then you have your money. I'm like, what? But I needed that today, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, is that ever an effect? Like, where? No, so these grants aren't salary Oh, they okay. are never for your own benefit. They're always for the project. Okay. You don't get to benefit from that money at all. How do you survive? How do you, how do you as a, as a, even a, re, a researcher has cost of living? Like, yeah, so their salaries. What salaries? <laughs> well, from, from the schools, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah. researchers in, in the school have like postdocs and, and master students, they all have some manner of salary here. So not, the, the funding can go to the students who are hired. Right. It cannot go to the researcher. Okay. Like to the to the Primary professor. applicant, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So. So the researcher already has some kind of income. Yes. Okay. This is where I'm like completely. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that's one, also one of the differences between the types of grants that I would have been going for or funds that I would have been going for. Right. It's to pay your yeah. way. It's to it's, it's survive. It pays everybody. But I mean, it's it's interesting because at least in, in Canada, often you, you have companies that apply for this money, but they also have tons of overhead. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where like, like a, a good portion of that money goes actually to overhead. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's just a a fact of how things have been done is that they'll inflate people's salaries <laughs> yeah. just so that they can you know justify that money because it's like the money still has to go to the project and the project still has to go made mm -hmm. get made but like you got to justify all of that so yeah wow. Yeah. That's a that's a key element that I probably should have asked right from the very beginning. <laughs> you're like, I'm not interested anymore. I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but I mean, <laughs> it is it is a it is a funny. It's a very important distinction to make. Yeah, like oh, when you already sure. have a salary, like I can't imagine anybody who's hurting for money turn around and go like, boy, I sure would like to help someone else make money when I've got nothing at all. Yeah. Well, you that's know? and that's one of the things. I mean, I, when you said. Um, 
that there's really good feedback that comes from the the, the, the grant bodies, right? If you have a good application. If you have a good application, <laughs> yeah. There's always good There's feedback. almost no feedback that comes from anything that's in the private sector. Ever. Well, because, uh, and, and it's interesting because they told like they wait before they tell you because they don't want to, they don't, Essentially, they don't want to tip anybody off, right? Well, not not, not necessarily, but tipping people off. But but there are companies because it, it costs money to make these applications. So there are companies that are startups that will fold because they didn't get funded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and so there's like a moment where you're told, and then there's a like a three month waiting period, to and get then the you money. might you might get a little bit of like feedback as to why you didn't get get right. in. Right, but it's it's not. Prevalent and it's not, uh, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's such a different. It, it's it, like, yeah, academia versus yeah. versus the nobody wants sector. to get yelled at by some some poor guy <laughs> who who put all his life savings into a startup and then didn't get get funded. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So awkward right now. <laughs> <laughs> not so that I've ever applied just, for funding. Uh, yeah. um, uh, Twatter is not Twatter. Twatter. <laughs> Twitter is Made not. Up a, name. It's it's uh, it sounds like a great app, but you're essentially trying to sell me Twitter. Well, yeah, we've, I don't we've, know. we've already got one of those, and we just don't want. And you asked for like fifty million dollars. <laughs> so weird. We we don't even have that much in the entire fund. <laughs> These academics are killing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, it, it, I do think that everything you said is as applicable to the private sector as it is to academia, though. The distinction being that private sector is looking to get paid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Private and academia is like, well. There's, I'd say there's, there's probably different um, goals and different motivations, but I think all the, all the, the process is essentially the same. I, I agree. You, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Extraordinarily funny. Good. Okay, so this has been, I don't know if I, sorry. An episode of Can't Sell This. <laughs> a learned experience. <laughs> what was that? Well, you look like you're about to say something. I feel really bad. I was cutting in again. No. What I, were you doing? No, just taking a deep breath? No, I, I just looked over it and heard, this has been. <laughs> so once again, uh, I am Hugh Elliott. And I am Stefan Grambart. And I am Natalie Rantahall. And this has been Can't Sell This. Podcast.com. <laughs> This episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content contained in this episode is copyright Stefan Grambart and Hugh Elliott. Intro voice by Jeff Wright. Intro music track is Energy by Not Of from their 2015 album Peak. Questions or comments can be sent to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Any other information can be found at can'tsellthispodcast.com.